0: mentally knowing that like a medal is slipping away from you and you literally can't move your legs any faster it's like the worst thing in the world
1: otb am live weekday mornings from 7 30 on the otb sports app otb
0: am with gillette get into your flow with the new gillette Labs razor with Exfoliating Bar. We've been doing the show basically five years and we've had uh, Daniel Harris on. I don't remember a morning. I, I expect him to smile, Daniel. Are you smiling this morning? Is this the first I'm really
1: time ever? i smiling. I mean,
0: because ultimately... Because I of mean, football, as opposed to, you know, out, exterior forces that make you just a happy person. Specifically for <laughs> but the if football. if you can't
1: laugh, if you can't laugh at post-Fergie United, you've just got no sense of humour. I mean, you have, to, you have to find them funny. And I, I said actually on Twitter last night that... I've taken the piss out of and made sport of this United team more than any other United team in my lifetime because they're such a bunch of losers. Like they've they've been capable of performances like this for more or less two years now in the, probably more than that, they've been good enough to beat the best teams and they've also been good enough to win consistently to go to and to beat the, the, the teams that they should beat. And it's all about whether they can be asked. And I said it on Twitter last night, actually, and then, about 10 minutes later, Tenech came on and they asked him about setup and tactics and he said it's not really about that. It's about mentality and I think people laugh, particularly at Roy Keane and Grand C. but uh, footballers in general, they're constantly banging on about mentality because it's become quite fashionable these days to think that everything is tactics and systems and choreographed passing and coordination and this and that. And I'm not saying that stuff isn't important, but if you've got good players and they try hard, You should be a good team. And United have got some good players. What's missing is that nastiness, that devotion, that dedication to to put everything on the line. And you saw that they did that last night and you saw the way that they played. And that is the way that they can play. And people that have been watching United know that that's the case. And that's why this team have been so frustrating that they're not just a total bunch of donkeys, that they can play. And we saw that last night.
0: I do think that part of it has to do as well with setup, up where you're actually given the license or the the reason to be on the front foot and to press and to be aggressive. It's a very natural position for uh, particularly young footballers is to go out and chase and run and Harry because it gets you into a game. And I do think a little bit of that has to do with the fact that you're not protecting Harry Maguire and the ball over the top, that actually the team selection begets the ability to go and be on the front foot. And I know there's many of examples great. of that, but... Actually, the big decision in, in dropping Harry Maguire ripped the bandage off and now it's done and it's over.
1: The Maguire era is over. <laughs> it's, it's actually, I don't, it wasn't even just Maguire because the thing that was new, I thought, last night, um, was particularly was the way United defended the box, was the blocks they were getting in. And that, that was the new lads in defence. It wasn't just um, Martinez instead of Maguire. It was, that was by far the best Varans played for United. And it was also, and he's someone who hasn't been available a lot of the time. And it was also Melassia. The difference between Melassia and, Shaw, and like Shaw. Shaw's a good player, but or at least he's capable of being a good player. But he plays like someone who's always been the best. Look, Martial's like this too. They're players who look like they've got to where they've got to on talent alone. And talent alone isn't enough. And when you put someone like Melassia in there, and it's not just the fact that he's young, I don't think. I think because Shaw didn't play like that when he was young. It's the fact that he just... It's more, I think, probably a personality thing as much as anything rather than a youthfulness thing. And I 100% agree that the main thing Ten Hag did last night, it wasn't, again, the systems and it wasn't the tactics. It was the fact that he picked the right team. He picked the players that would run for him, the players that would be physical for him. And that more or less makes them the best players. And he 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 got that right. And in a way, actually, um, the, the what happened against Brighton uh, what, sorry, what happened against Brentford probably worked out quite well for United because he had to do something. There were no excuses. If they'd have lost to Brentford 2-1 or they'd have come out in the second half, scored a couple of goals, then he could have been forgiven for persevering with the players, saying, well, they're not quite fit enough, they're not quite attuned with what he wants them to do. But they were so bad against against Brentford that he didn't have to do anything. Because what, what, part of the thing is when you're a new manager and you come in, then you don't necessarily want to change it over things, particularly when you're not it's not, for example, like Conte coming in at Tottenham where he has the political capital to do what he wants because he's he's won stuff and they haven't. Um Tanat's come from he's come from the Dutch league. He's not used to the league, he's got to get used to the league. He's busy probably arguing with the owners about signings. He needs the players on side. So coming in, dropping the captain from the beginning probably felt like something he didn't necessarily want to do or shouldn't do. But then he he ended up not needing the political capital to do it because th- they did it for him. They were so crap that he had, he had to do something. So he got the team right. And I think we now know more or less, pending signings, what United's best team is. And it's taken him three games basically to work that out. But it needed the first game, the first two to be dreadful for him to say, this
2: is what I'm going to do like even just looking at the the youtube comments this morning daniel on, on on our show like a lot of united fans talking about bruno talking about Varane as as potential captains of this of this team like and, and even the pundits last night in tv were talking about the fact that lisandro martinez is a left-footed center half dutch managers generally speaking philosophically like to have a left-footed center half someone who can play out play uh, play football from the back uh, Maguire's just not that player um, and a lot of United fans probably have Victor Lindelof even ahead of of, of Maguire now in the pecking order as well like does a serious conversation need need to start now Daniel in terms of Harry Maguire's captaincy like there's an argument he maybe kept the status quo going from he the can't, previous tenure can't, you can't put him back in the team and you can't make him back captain of the team anymore
0: you can't that's over if, 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 you can't go back who's the captain Daniel?
2: Uh, I
1: guess I mean I, I hope that it's Bruno who has kind of been the spiritual leader of the team for the last few years I think that people got on his back with good reason he's been rubbish now for quite a few months but he was the last one to go he turned up he elevated everything he was the best player in the team and when they all went one by one under Ole and under Rangnick it felt like he was the last one who stuck it out but what was really great to see about him yesterday I thought was the the shift he put in because for in Ole's team he basically he had to play as a number 10 because there was no one else really creating anything. So he was just like constant Hollywood passes. He did a lot of running about, but he was basically in the team to make goals happen, whether with a final pass or by scoring himself. But he thinks he can be more than that. There's a really good long form interview he did um, with the official United site. It's a podcast. And um, he talked about that when he's older, he'd like to play as a number six. And I think a lot of people probably laugh at that, because of the Hollywood passes, that's not what number sixes do. But he also says he can play as an eight. And that's something I always thought he could do because he's got really good football intelligence and he's got a really good engine and he's got really good desire. It's just the demands of playing for this particular United team stopped him from being that. Whereas now in this team, if you want to play, and I guess it seems like uh, uh, Tenaf plans to play Casemiro, Bruno and Eriksen as a midfield three... If you're going to do that, then you need... Casemiro is obviously going to be the anchor, but it means the other two are going to have to put in shifts. Every time they play, they're going to have to run. And we saw Bruno doing exactly that last night, and it's good to see that he's capable. He's not just someone who can see a pass and execute, a like a difficult pass, and execute it sometimes. He's someone who can also just play as a continuity player, just keep keep the ball circulating, keep the ball moving. And obviously, Liverpool had much more of the ball than United did. But particularly watching the first hour or so, it didn't really look like that to watch it because in dangerous areas, it was United doing that. And one of the things that was enabling them to do that was Bruno. And you also mentioned uh, Sandro Martinez. I think that what was really, really great about him, the thing that really stood out, apart from we know that he's... He's an Argentinian defender. He defends in the Argentinian style. He'll be throwing himself into everything. He'll be aggressive. He'll try and get to the ball first. But if you look at the first goal... That was not the kind of goal that you've seen United score very much of in the last bit, which was where they worked Liverpool to the right, then the attack broke down and they were able to sustain the attack and came over to the left and they scored from there. And That's a phrase that Fergie loved, sustain the attacks. When you hear Fergie's players talk about football, they talk about ring-fencing the opposition box and sustaining the attacks. United under Ole, which is, I think, the best team under Fergie that we've seen, weren't able to really do that. But what we saw last night was when that first goal came, the ball w- w- goes from right and it goes to centre, and they don't quite find the gap. It goes back to Martinez, and I think Lindelof or Maguire thinking about passing that square or passing that back. But what Martinez does is one first-time touch forward into space towards the corner. It's not a brilliant ball to feet. It's not a switch, the kind of forty-yard switch from left to right that he's partly been bought to play. It was a really simple pass, straight into space, straight into the corner. And it was that that enabled United to sustain the attacks. And it's partly a mentality thing that you trust yourself to play that pass, but it's also a mentality thing in that you're not scared, that you believe you belong here to play football. And that that one pass, I thought, really characterised what Martinez is going to bring to this team. And obviously people have had a lot to say about the fact that he's not that tall, where if you actually, someone on Twitter comped up every ball that Brentford played that might potentially have been targeting Martinez's lack of height and really it, w- it was nothing. There may well be times when he's targeted and they have to find a way of dealing with that but I mean and again just the same way I'm not going to get too over excited about how badly he apparently played against Brentford. I don't actually think he did. I thought he was rubbish in the first half against Brighton. He's been okay after that. But last night, he was absolutely brilliant. And we saw all the different facets of what could make him a really good player. And we could definitely see why Ten Hag bought him. And it's not just because he played for him before. If you
0: if you think about it, right, so Ericsson has come in. Uh, we talked about Martinez. Malaysia started, I kind of thought Malaysia was one of those signings that Man United make. Um, where they invest in a young player and then Mm. they never play him and he leaves the club in two and a half years' time for a fee similar to the one that they pay for him. But actually, straight in the team. So those three are straight in the team. That's a significant restructuring of what's going on. And the players they're replacing, it's also significant that those players are gone in terms of tone and tenor and who's the boss in the changing room and all that kind of stuff. Like, It's been a reasonable window uh, so far and there's still another seven, eight days for them to do some work.
1: Um, yeah, I think the thing about Malassia, I, I kind of, circumstantial evidence told me that he was probably a good player. I mean, I I've seen him play in the conference seat fine. he played all right there, but the, it was just the fact that there was evidence, like, television evidence of Tenach saying he thought he was great. But also, it just felt like if I was if I had been strengthening this United team, left back wouldn't have been the first place I'd go. They're desperate for a right back, but left back wouldn't have been what I would have well I would have gone for. So the fact that he was buying a left back made me think that he probably thought that this guy was too good to miss out on. And obviously there's a long way to go, but what what's really good seems to be really good about him is he's obviously fast and strong and he's got some skill on the ball. But again, it's the mentality, it's that ability to come into a game against Liverpool, your first start for United in the new league. And you're just absolutely not cowed at all. He's just, he's diving into tackles if he thought it was necessary. He's he's trying to get forward. And it's just that way that they defended the box because that is not really an issue of talent. It's an issue of concentration, focus, and bloody-mindedness that Liverpool, you didn't really, I mean, and I say that as I'm watching it, the game as a United fan, I didn't, it wasn't that terrifying in the last 20 And even after Liverpool scored, I didn't particularly think that they were going to equalise. And the reason I didn't think they were going to equalise is the way the defenders defended the box, that they were getting blocks in, they were getting to the ball first, they were supporting each other, they were defending as a unit. And even when United were winning games under Ole and the defensive record was good, I came on here and I said that United's defensive record is a lot better than United's defending. They used to allow quite a lot of chances. They didn't defend the box that well. Whereas how many times last night did Liverpool have really good chances where you thought they were going to score? Three, four maximum? And to do that against a team of that quality, when you're playing a back four that has never played together before, someone's making their first start for the team, someone else is making their third start, having having got a lot of aggravation and been subbed in the previous game, to be able to come and play like that that tells you quite a lot, I think, about their mentality. And ultimately, in football and in all sport, you'll always have that talent, talent and mentality will always be tactics and strategy. It's... And when you've got them all, you can be good. And United have got a long way to go before they're really good, but we've seen what, they're roughly where, what their top level looks like. And we should also say that, that they played Liverpool at a good time. Liverpool weren't, We can't pretend Liverpool weren't missing loads of players. They were. They're also not in great form so that's also worth acknowledging but one of the reasons they didn't play well last night was because United didn't let them
2: it's funny when we have uh, the Bruno Fernandes conversation lads and I think this this stat popped up on screen last night to say like Bruno's goal involvements for United were, were every 95 minutes before Ronaldo signed and since he signed it's been every 233 minutes that's before last night like is it the accepted notion now Daniel that that Ronaldo really has been stifling Bruno Fernandes and possibly other players like Rashford and maybe Martial as well like is Ronaldo? Is Ronaldo's time at the club coming to an end?
1: Uh, I think so. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame Bruno's lack of output solely on Ronaldo because Ronaldo's arrival coincided with Maguire and Shaw just totally forgetting how to play football. <laughs> and I think still, like the thing that I felt was still the biggest deal in in why United ended up having such a dreadful season last season was the way that they defended in the first in the first few months. Um, it was that that started to bring everyone else down. Particularly, is he? Um, I mean, Ronaldo is something else. That he was a different kind of player. That um, and Bruno does definitely play better with Martial because Martial is someone for him to play off. He holds the ball when when he's good. He's really good. He holds he holds the ball up really well. He's got lovely feet. Um, he's he sees a pass. He can run with it. And those things are much better for someone like Bruno to play with than Ronaldo, who's basically he'll either score or he doesn't, but he won't do very much else. He won't bring, he won't elevate the way, the way the team are able to play. Now, if you took Ronaldo out of United last season, they would have finished, they would have done even worse. They wouldn't have gotten the Europa League, which would have probably led to some fairly significant financial penalties and the players they are able to sign this summer. So in that sense, I don't actually think United signing Ronaldo was a bad thing because I think, as I said, like the key reason for why United was so dreadful last season, in the first instance, it wasn't Ronaldo, it was the defending. And, if they didn't, if they'd not had Ronaldo and they defended like that, then that would have probably been even worse. I mean, who knows? I'm not in the dressing room. Maybe Ronaldo coming ruined the whole equilibrium and had something to do with how badly everyone else played. Uh, I think that feels like a bit of a reach. I'm not saying it didn't have an effect on the, in the changing room. I'm sure it did. But it was still like the way that they defended and the lack of effort and the lack of focus in those first few months that were really why they were so bad last season. But... I'm 100% sure now that Ronaldo doesn't get into the best team. And that's even before they've signed another attacker, which they might do.
0: Yeah, and in that circumstance, maybe the best thing is just to terminate the contract, pay whatever you have to pay, let him go, like come up with some deal, like sort this situation out so the constant circus around him goes as well. Like, less circus, more
1: football. But where is he going? (laughs) If there was somewhere to go... If he's free to go, he'll go, someone will sign him. Do you know what I mean? Maybe... but where? Because the thing is is the teams for which he wants to play, he wants to play for a team that can win the Champions League, and he's already market researched that and, and gone nowhere. Uh, which was seemed it would seem very strange at the time that he would say that he wanted to leave for that reason and not have somewhere lined up. But perhaps if you I mean United if, if United cancelled the contract and so it's no transfer fee and it's just and they just get rid of the wages, maybe maybe that would work. But I, I, I still don't know don't know who it would be. But it's not something to which I'll be opposed. I mean, there's more you of might a market. find...
0: Yeah, I think there's more of a market for, for that. And you do a deal with Ronaldo where it's like, uh, we'll offset whatever we owe you against whatever new contract you get. Come on, let's all be friends here because he wants to go. He doesn't want to stay. So he does, but then a, he
1: has to come with, I'm going to here. This but, is this is where I'm going. But not
0: not if there's a no contract. And not, uh, that's what I mean. If he, if he becomes a free agent, then it doesn't really matter. It's up to
1: him. Like, off you go. go Because somebody will yeah, sign he can, him if he's a free agent. Like yeah, he can retire if he wants. If that's the case, I guess. And I, I think that part of me still thinks that he is probably not. If not un. In theory, he would be not unhelpful to have around. Someone who can get you goals when you might need one. Slightly different option. Quite enjoyed the fact that last night that, that they brought him on basically to defend to defend corners because he's good in the air. Um, so someone, someone you might bring on. Someone you might play in particular games. And I guess. He might think actually I haven't got anywhere to go and maybe maybe there's a reason to stay here. Um, he he might think that. I guess he probably is now pot committed and has has to go. So yeah, I I would I would allow him to go. I'm pretty sure Ternach would allow him to go as well. But he's worth a lot of commercial. He's worth a lot commercially to United. So uh, the Glazers might well want to keep him, and that's definitely something that has been said that 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 they, that the the manager wants rid, but the but the, the owners insist that he stays. So, I mean, there's still there's still what two weeks left of the transfer of the transfer window. So, so we'll find out. But feels like he's definitely lost his place in the starting eleven last night.
0: Schwarzy Long says uh, United will win the league, provided every team they play is at half strength. Ooh, the bitter words from the Liverpool fans this morning. <laughs> Burn. Um, do we do we like? We obviously uh, could very easily overrate the quality of the performance if it turns out that this Liverpool team are just really bad at the moment and. Uh, have a long way to go to get back to, um, or are suffering some weird post-season hangover after you know going toe to toe with um, with uh, Real Madrid in the final, and then also obviously, of course, with Manchester City. So, not to overrate the performance last night, but I think the, the reason that the Man United fans in the office are so excited is that there was a plan, there was an identity, the the plan was effectively carried out. And uh, they still have Casemiro to come into the team. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't think we should be raining on the parade today. This is We've been raining on the parade, as I said, basically since our existence. Uh, and now is the time for Man United fans to have an afternoon in the sun. Yeah, it's, belly not, it's, not,
1: it's not exactly about Liverpool. Obviously, they're a big rival and a, a brilliant team. So beating them is meaningful, more so, than meaning, meaning, more so than beating other teams. But if they'd have beaten any team playing like that, more or less, it, it would have been uplifting because... They did so many of the things that they haven't been doing for so long that it's not because we talk quite a lot about people have been talking about distance run and sprints and all of that. But it's not just about that, actually, although that is pleasing to see. It's the fact that they were doing things quickly with the ball that what I was alluded to in Martinez before in the first goal, that they're moving the ball quickly. They're playing with conviction and confidence and imagination. And that's not really a facility, facility of Liverpool having players injured. It's a facility of mentality. It's how they've been told to go out and do things. It's how they've decided themselves. They've taken it upon themselves to go out and play fast, fast football, fast attacking, aggressive football. And those are all the things they've not been doing recently. And the fact that they were able to do it against Liverpool is better. I mean, and we can talk about Liverpool missing half the team. I mean, I know it's important. I mentioned it myself. But it's not that that stopped Virgil van Dijk from closing down Jadon Sancho, nor is it that that meant that Jadon Sancho had the composure and the presence of mind to do that in the box when in a tight space. So there are certain aspects where you think, well, maybe had Liverpool had all their players available, then they might have come back into the game. They might have got a draw. They might have even won 3-2, who knows? I think if they'd have had Jota on the bench or if they'd have had uh, Nunez... To start, who knows? It would have been, it might have been slightly different in the end. Yeah. But the way that United started that game, the conviction that they played with is something, it's not really anything to do with Liverpool at all. And it's to do with a change in mentality and a change in approach from United. And as we said earlier, the fact that Tenor taken two games and now he knows what the best team is, more or less, and played it.
0: Let me, let me just ask you that because the the next two fixtures, I think, are Southampton and Leicester. And you would expect in both those games, Manchester United to have way more of the ball. And so, um, that is going to present a different challenge and something that they need to work out uh, and think through and that's that's the other side of this is that like uh, you know this is not going to be finished in a day but you just need to see clear signs of progress what do they need to show when they're in possession of the ball and they're dominating a game for you to think okay this is actually not just going to work when we're faced with a supposedly superior team who might have more of the ball but actually we can have more of the ball and still be effective
1: it's, it's speed of play and intensity. Those, those two things. It's doing things, it's moving the ball quickly, doing things quickly. And then if, then the, if you get the opposition chasing, then that, that makes things much easier to do because what you've got now in this team is also you've got extra attackers. You're going to have Casemiro playing. And that's going to allow you. I mean, he he played uh, Ericsson and Bruno anyway tonight, which tells you that that's what he thinks he's going to do because he did it before he had Casemiro. But now he's got Casemiro. He's got two attacking midfield players, not Fred McTominay, and one attacking midfield player, and he's also got Jaden Sancho on the right, which means that you're able to keep the width a lot more, to stretch the play a lot more, and that's that, that's one of the ways you score against teams who are who are who, have got, who are defending deeper. Uh, centre back in Martinez who can pass, who can bring the ball forward and make an extra attacker. And I think what you often end up with in, in these teams is you end up with what will happen is you'll see Casemiro will drop, will drop and you'll see the fullback into a back three and you'll see the fullbacks getting forward and you'll see United attacking with five players. And under Ole, they didn't really do that. And as soon as he, saw, as soon as he tried to play a more expansive game, that was when it all went wrong because partly because I think that. The players didn't quite know how to attack in that way. And also the defend the players weren't good enough to defend one-on-one. And I think that with with Varane, if you've got Varane fit and you've got Martinez and you've got Malassi, you've got players who are quick enough, who've got recovery pace, who are also able to defend one-on-one. And that means that you're able to commit more men forward. Of course, they're going to be bumps in the road. But I think the thing about this team is they're not a bunch of novices. They're they're good players who have some idea of how to play football and how to be good at football, and you've seen them be good at football before. So watching them put that performance in last night shouldn't really be that surprising if you saw the way these players have played against Manchester City before, played against Liverpool before. So when you start playing against uh, Southampton and Leicester, it's always, I mean, it's about matching them for uh, intensity and mentality. But... Then it's, it's it's that ability to think quickly and to play bright and to play bravely, not to worry about giving the ball away by being too precise, but to just to just keep moving the ball because that's that's what they've struggled with often against these kinds of teams, as you mentioned. But I think they're now in a much better position to break them down because of the players that they've signed. The way that the way and the way that they're structured and the the way that they're
2: organised, Daniel. Like we spoke at the top of the show this morning about about Eric Ten Hag and how maybe you know in advance of last night he probably doesn't dominate the press room. Maybe like a like a Conte or a Tuchel or a Mourinho. Um, like, and I'm just enjoying one of the comments in here tonight from from Bryce saying Jer is a bit salty today. Like Ten Hag was a little bit salty last night, and a lot of United fans will be quite happy to see that.
1: Uh, yeah, he's not got obvious consuming charisma like Klopp does um, or or he's not got probably the force of personality that Conte has, but there are different ways of getting players to play for you. So one of the ways we're seeing Arsenal at the moment, I think is Arteta doesn't, to me, have very much presence or charisma or anything like that. It's quite cringe, but his team has players who like him partly because they're indebted to him. He's given a lot of those players their chance and they can see that it's got better under him. So they'll play for him. And I think the 10 Hag is when you hire someone who's more of a technocrat than a charismatic figure, you need the force of personality, the charisma to come through the football and the players would have seen what, what happened last night. And that will start to get them thinking that this guy knows something that he's signed good players, that he's picked players to play in a brave style against one of the best teams in the world. And it's worked. And that, Enables his his kind of slow burning presence to start to take an effect. So his inter- I thought his interview on Sky last night was excellent. That he- and all as well. Well, yeah, exactly. And the players will see that. And he says, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on here, so I'll say they, they can they can effing play good football. And the players see that and they think this guy is quite funny. He's quite quirky and he believes in us and what he says works. And then you're starting to acquire the status in the dressing room that enables them to do good things because the players there's some players like so Martinez and Malacia are sort of indebted to him because he's obviously Melassia he brought and um Martinez he bought and has played for him before. Then the other players will start to see, well then that, that he he's picking them as well, and yeah. he's gonna he's, imp- he's improving the team, and it starts to it starts to work where he's 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 in control now. Well,
0: he dropped the um, captain, and he dropped the most famous footballer in the world. Like you know, th- that's that's a ballsy power move pretty early on. I, before we go, one last question from Jack Leeson in our YouTube comments: Would it matter if Ronaldo went to another Premier League
1: team? Uh, I mean, not to me. I mean, I don't, I can't think of one that would that would buy him at this point because. The, the thing that's so fascinating about the Premier League, and obviously it's a facet of money and dirty money, but is that there are so many good teams and teams just look like there's, they've reached good equilibrium. So if you look at the teams above United, like they're most of them look confident and settled. And I'm not certain that anyone would want to toss an ageing Ronaldo into that mix Newcastle. because... um I think it he was, it's a Champions League football thing. So it,
0: yeah. I think let's let's I I, I wouldn't say anybody's going to spend any money on Ronaldo cuz they're going to wait and see if he gets released. There's a good chance that he might get released yeah. and then therefore you don't have to give Man United any money for it. In that instance, would Chelsea take him? I'm not
1: sure. I don't think so. But I think the last thing that they would want. I mean they might panic, but it, because they do they do need a striker, but uh, I I I don't think Tuchel would want to chuck Ronaldo into that is because it's it's not even the actual player it's also the ego and the scrutiny and i mean who knows maybe maybe you could get by him for ronaldo to say you play when i say you play and you shut up and that would work but it would be a massive stretch to believe that ronaldo is capable of that even if he told you that he was yeah There's so no i yeah yeah, there is no evidence whatsoever to think that Cristiano Ronaldo can behave with humility. I right. would agree.
0: On that note, Daniel, good stuff. Thanks a million. See you. T-ra. Bye. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow. With the new Gillette Labs razor. With exfoliating bar.